Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Michael Daniels. How's it going tonight, Mike? It's going great. Just great. It's sunny and warm. It snowed two <laughs> days ago, and now it's sunny Yeah, that and warm. was crazy. It's going to be that 74 was, tomorrow. I yeah. was down there. My, my whole week is thrown off because we're recording on a Wednesday, which, as our listeners know, we normally record on Monday nights. And, yeah. Uh, and but I was, crazy. I was in Bloomington last weekend, and uh, we couldn't uh, we couldn't make the live recording work. It's just kind of a scheduling. Logistics uh, don't always work out like we want yeah, them to. Yeah, that's that's what happens. But I was in town for uh, the Bloomington Tech Conference, the Combine. Combine, yeah, that was. Yeah, I was there as well. Well, for a little bit over half of it. Um, it's good. Right it was, on. I don't. I don't time. think I saw you at all Saturday. I don't. Oh yeah, I was just there in the morning. Before before I had to go get Sid, um, and I actually got in late on Saturday because we were up late uh, playing games. Playing games, yeah. What'd you play? Um, let's see. Wait, Thursday I was over, night. I was over. I saw you. We played one game one time. Was it Saturday? Sunday? Sunday? Uh, I think might have been Saturday. I don't know. It's all a blur. It was one of those days. Um. I think it was Sunday, actually. So Thursday night we played Champions of Midgard, uh, which I had never played. Kind of a I love that game. I mean, I think yeah, I've mentioned it like, a couple of times. It's like a worker placement thing. With yeah, cards. I, I like I like worker placement games anyway, in general. And this one is, I mean, I know everybody loves. Uh, was it the Waterdeep game? Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I love Lords of Waterdeep. I, I really do. It's, you know, top of its game, I think. But um, I still think that Champions of Midgard is better than that one because it's just like mm. Champions of Midgard. Or sorry, it's just like Lords of Waterdeep. Waterdeep. But it has extra stuff. It's, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I, I, every time I talk about that game, I, I mentioned that it's, um, it's got multiple avenues to win. And there's, yeah. you know, it, it, in Lords of Waterdeep, you have. The, the sometimes you'll get the card that says build the most buildings and mm-hmm. that makes the game totally different for you than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you're going for a whole different Avenue where everyone else is trying to complete these kind of quests. You're going for, buildings. yeah, it's like the, it's like the longest road or something in other games, except it's different for each person. Yeah. And, and in, in Lords of Waterdeep, the, the builders one is, it's not just like, you know, an extra, you know, 10 points or something. It's the whole point of the game is to, to, to do that one thing. And in, right. in this, uh, champions of Midgard, there's a lot of those different things. Everyone has different options to do whatever they want to do in a four or five player game. The odds yeah, of you and then getting you, this, doing the same ones is rarer, but possible. Right. And you pick up, um, you have the option to pick up quests that are secret. And unlike the, the quests in, Ticket to Ride, which I think would be an interesting twist. There's no penalty for uncompleted quests, right? Um, they're they're just they're just bonus points. But yeah, it's interesting the um, the dice thing where the dice represents uh, troops, or I don't want to call them soldiers because they're Vikings, yeah. So warriors or whatever um, is a is an interesting mechanic um, I haven't seen in a while. And we played with the valhalla expansion oh yeah that adds a little bit of complexity to it but it's yeah fun. it's a it's a different 
different thing. You get some different uh, currencies from your troops dying that are are useful. Yeah, for, it, it does for improve. Buying, it does improve the game. Makes it makes instead of a lot of times when they add mechanics to games, it just clutters the thing. But this one actually felt like it was added on as a uh, here's kind of a flaw or a bad part about this game, and here's how we can make it better. So that's what. It yeah, felt. yeah. It's always it's always hard to tell as a whole. This whole conversation about uh, board games and, and board game expansions. I never played the base uh, Champions of Midgard, so it was fun to try and learn both a game and its expansion at the first sitting. It's kind of like mm-hmm. uh, the opposite of my, um, I've said before on the show, my gateway into good board games was Settlers of Catan, which I think is true for a lot of people. Sure. Um, but my friends played one or two games of just basic Catan first. Um, at yeah, the, at right. the time, at the time, the expansions were Seafarers and Cities and Knights. Uh, those were the only two expansions that were out. And okay. Seafarers, Seafarers is pretty minor. Like, you take the basic game of Catan and you add boats. Boats, right, yeah. Right, like, that's it. Um, Cities and Knights is is almost a completely new game. Uh, you know, the point value goes up. You get the pirate uh, invasion thing. There's a whole, like, tree of um, of upgrade uh, uh, schools or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so, but they, you know, they sort of eased me into that, like, conglomeration of, of new rules. Um, As which, opposed to just being dumped with all, both expansions at the same time. And- yeah, 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 exactly. And right. really, I mean, again, I've never played without this expansion, uh, Valhalla, but it really wasn't that, I mean, like, the two together was not more than, you know, like, learning Seven Wonders or... Uh, small yeah. world for the first time it's just like hey it's a game and there are a ton of little bits you got to keep track of yeah um it's got the the like there's the, the fighting the vikings the top there's the middle parts that that are are like you know things to do with purchasing is it the dice and things and there's mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the traveling and buying ships that are, that's a kind of a goal you can do and yeah then there's the valhalla stuff and the quests yeah i i dig that game i did that game a lot um if Mike ever is going to get rid of that game, I'm, I'm going to definitely buy it from him. Which reminds me, I need to buy his. I need to buy his uh, Gloomhaven off him. Has Has he confirmed he's selling that? We talked about that last week. Yeah. Well, I mean, he he's definitely not going to play it, and mm. he's he's definitely going to get rid of it. Um, we I think we have to settle on a price type thing, or, or we you know when you talk sure, money, it's, sure. it's weird. Um, I mean, it's it's weird because he could probably sell it online for twice what he paid for it. You know, because this the the scarcity. Yeah, especially it's not it's not quite like um, you know. There's a whole system for setting prices for the Gen Con auction, which yeah. I've I've had moderate success with. Uh, still, nobody wants to buy my fully sleeved uh, second and third expansions of um, Ascension. Oh yeah, but but I'm probably pricing it too high because I don't I don't really want to sell. I like that game, but we haven't played it in five years. You know, so I'm like, ah, I've I have deck builders. I have several. I've got trains. I've got legendary. I've got star realms and hero <laughs> realms. Yep. Like I got I got deck builders for days. I have I, I have because I like the, that genre. I have the oh yeah, I definitely like that genre. Um, if if I have, I mean, I have one ascension. I have the the original ascension thing box, and 
it's once the once the, uh, the app came out. I think we've mentioned this a couple of times. It, it, yeah, there, there was almost no of, reason to to it have kind it. Kind of killed it. Yeah, it, and that's kind of sad and to say. Uh, hopefully, they made a lot of money off the app. So you know, to cause people not want to play it. But I, I mean, I'm I'm sure there are people still still buying the cards, still buying. I think the app is behind the expansion curve train like i i, yeah, I haven't like, kept track of it like just like of those expansions. i haven't played it yeah that's what i mean yeah uh so people who are doing like tournament play and stuff i'm sure are are keeping up or are buying it and whatnot but anyway yeah, um, it, it just it just had it just that's the one that expansions killed killed it for me i mean mm. it, it just there was just too many things and everyone added a whole bunch of stuff that didn't it was just and the cards were way overpowered in one expansion and then underpowered in the next and broke the game breaking in another. Sure. Um, and then there, it had the, the whole thing of like, Oh, if you have this card combined with this card, with this card, you can just win the game, but you got to know that there's those cards and how right. they work. And you know, it was yeah. Just, yeah. So it, it's a great game, but I also look at it as like, that's your base deck builder. Okay. This is, you know, your starter. It's the Catan game to, to mm-hmm. for deck builders play this you understand That's true. everything goes off that later on you you got to have some kind of trash or void mechanic you you have a an enlightened type thing you have a drawing type mechanic and, in every game and i think for a lot of people that gateway would be dominion but right. my you know our group was like i i don't know if dominion ever happened with trotsky's game group but it w- it was well past by the time i came around yeah I, and it, i remember it being the, like I heard the word Dominion spoken at Gen Con, believe it or not, the first time, and then, and that was one of the first earlier Gen Cons that was was an indie. And I was yeah, like, I, I mean, I, need I to think get this. this is the game I need to get, and it was always sold out. I think if you you know if you exclude Magic, um, Dominion has to be one of the first you know standalone deck builder games, and it it has the same problem to me. Like I bought it and like opened it up and started sorting the cards out and was like, yeah, we're never going to play this <laughs> and, uh, and sold it at Gen Con. And now I oh, have trains, you? which is similar, but with a board and train themed. So, right. um, that's cool. But I've also only played that like once, which I played, I, I bought part, a, part I bought of my a whole problem, called. but yeah, for sure. Ascension was my, was my gateway into deck builders. And so when we were at Gen Con, I don't know, like, 12 13 maybe um i got because they at at first i don't know if they kept this pattern but at first they had the big box that was the original game then they had a small box expansion and then they had a second big box game and then a second small box expansion i have that second big box and second small box all put into one box all with the custom ascension sleeves that they sell with the little bag for the for the gems and several of the promos because i've done a couple of the uh tournaments and stuff at gen con yep and it's just it, it never gets played i'm like it, uh, it's fun it's a fun game i mean yeah. you know again for the opener of a but I, d- d- I don't know if i started to say this dominion definitely has that thing where you'd like Okay, well, there's this game, and it might be fun, but also there are 12 expansions for it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I played um, – m- m- it's funny. I had heard Dominion, and I would heard of the term deck builder, but I didn't really know anything about it. And I happened to pick up a game called Rune Age at um, at the store at, at Gen Con, 
on the auction mm-hmm. store just because it was cheap and affordable and whatever. And it's it's a deck builder. And it was my very first deck builder. And I read it and played it. And I was just floored by how cool this whole thing is, like making your own card mm-hmm. game. And I, this, this is this is amazing to me. And I want this. This is the best thing since sliced bread. And I took it around to everyone I knew and was like, we should play this. But setup was a pain in the butt because, like you said, there's so many cards. You have to make, right. make, make the different stacks and piles. And this one was... Basically, now now that I knew what Dominion is, it 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 took the Dominion idea and then like tripled it. Like, oh, here's like all different. You've got different cards in the store, a lot more different cards in the store, a lot more races and things like that. And it was a uh, fantasy themed, so it was, um, you know, orcs and demons and stuff like that, and um, mm-hmm. and then and elves, and then it added well, uh, ye- it added yeah, in and like a- quests and and single player co op stuff, which was cool. Sure. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, the the one thing that that helps Dominion, at least from what I've seen, again, I've not, I don't think I've ever actually played an entire game, but from playing Trains and um, like Tanto Kaware, yep, that like having a deck builder with a lot of piles, with a lot of you know separate decks, and you just figure out which ones you. That's another one of those things like Catan that lends itself really well to being in an app yeah (laughs) right not but you you know you miss the you miss the tactile experience of like sorting on piling up all those cards but it's the kind of thing where if your game has a lot of expansions then you just cherry pick them kind of like you do with legendary except you don't you know shuffle everything together at the beginning yeah i was Um, i was gonna say legendary is is great because it ha- the box has like these come set with these dividers so that to help because mm-hmm. they knew that's an issue with these games and then you right and so when your when your game is mix and match then it's sort of like um, smash up a game that I was big into for a long time um, which is not quite a deck builder um, but every new expansion just gives you more factions that you can you can mix together where in a game like Ascension I could see that very easily becoming overwhelming when you're just like what do we put in here? What expansions? How do we, you know, sort them all out when we're done? Uh, just a, just a huge thing. Yeah. But anyway, what, um, what else did we play last weekend? Well, I, I know when I came over, we played uh, a game, just a random pull out of Trotsky's closet was a game called the villages of Valeria. Remember that? Oh yeah. That? yeah. Yeah. Did um, I win that game? Did you win that game? You probably, yes, actually I think you won it handily. Yeah, and like, like by I, twenty some points out of. I don't. Was, I don't remember ever being super sure what was going on, but m- maybe more than usual for my first time playing a game where I'm just like, oh well, I'm sure that I'm I'm not doing something because Pete's collecting these and I haven't even looked at those and whatever. But like, I generally knew what was going on. That has yeah. that thing like. Um, it's a little bit like Citadels, but there's at least one other game like that that has a. That, that like follow mechanic where I take an action on my turn and then everybody else can do a a weaker version of that action. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, game it's it is that's like the that. Fo- I, I remember Trotsky saying it's like this. I was like, I didn't play that game before. So, but I like, I like those follow action. I mean, it, it was really fun. You know, it's, we always give Pete credit on the show about, you know, him, him being so dominant or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I will, I will say that as a, props to him is that he he makes you play better though by the fact that he's playing the game um yeah 
It's I don't just, think he right. I don't think he does saying, that intentionally. No, no, no. It's just that you know who you're playing with, and like you said, I, I don't think he does. You said he doesn't do it intentionally, but it does. The the point I'm trying to get with Pete here is that he wasn't there for this game, mm. and I felt mm-hmm. very relaxed and laid back and i didn't really have to think i didn't have to think about like oh if i take this turn on turn step four if i can get this and how can i plan my it was like it wasn't like chess which the game totally right. can be i mean it's it's one of those things where you can figure out every step and and what you want to do the goals to victory mm, and and i maybe. know when you, when you play a game i mean but you can change obviously you know things work but um the uh when you play a game with pete it's a whole you have to be playing at that level I mean, if you want to have any kind of a chance, you have to say that, like, all right, this card is weighted against that card, and this mechanic is more powerful than that mechanic and will result in better results. Because he'll pick it up on the first the first time he ever plays a game and figure that out. So yeah. it and, and the roundabout, that's the roundabout way of me saying that it was very relaxing not playing this game with Pete. <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, I, I think I lost horribly. If I wasn't in last place, I was very close to it. Um, that was just also mechanic that i picked um doing playing chances strategy and he went before me and that was just stupid of me um and he did it better so (laughs) we we also played um legendary encounters firefly oh yeah right i forgot we did that well we played about half of it you you said chance it made me think of that because i had forgotten the, the whole weekend is a blur like i didn't get enough sleep at any point and i played games every night with different groups of people like at one point saturday afternoon i was or maybe even early sunday i was talking to zan and describing like what times how late i had stayed up at different nights and i was like yeah thursday night i went to trotsky's and we played and and, like he had been there and i didn't remember that until like halfway (laughs) into this sentence <laughs> uh, and so that's that's how the weekend went. But right. well, yeah, you, we, had, everybody was. This was Saturday, I think. Like I came over, it had to have been Saturday because I think that you guys were all playing. F- no, it was Friday because you guys were playing. Like you got into town Thursday, and I know that you guys just were playing so m- or up all night long, and then got up early in the morning. And so when I came on Friday, it was late then too, and we started Firefly. Yeah. We started learning Firefly. So that's why we we cut it short because you guys were really, really beat. And and it's an interesting. That. I'm I'm surprised. I didn't realize that you had never played or or owned any of those encounters, legendary encounters games, because you're such a a fan of legendary. I didn't realize how like campaign e they are right campaign style to um, to go to go back to our like episode eight or nine whatever that was when we talked about campaign versus legacy uh oh yeah you know know, legacy is a is a the game changes over time either you you character level or you build up the map or something like like uh pandemic legacy where a campaign game is like five minute dungeon or something where you play through you play through a set of of goals and and, and objectives most of them are usually cooperative though not necessarily in the case of like risk well i'll I'll tell you why yeah how did you how did you like that well i I liked a lot i will say to say something real interject a little bit that what you said is that i I didn't the reasons i haven't gotten into any of the the encounters game is a really stupid and silly reason but (laughs) makes sense it's that it's um it's money it's Mm. that those costs and i i just looked up um the Firefly game because I I liked it a lot. I did like this game and I'd I'd love to have it and I'd play it, but it's sixty bucks. And yeah. 
it's just like it's legendary. Yes, it has definitely has different cards. It's a different mat. It's a whole it's its own game for sure, and it's worth it if that's the only thing you have for legendary. But I can't spend sixty dollars on legendary aliens encounters, legendary firefly mm-hmm. encounters. Um, but what I do like though, about legendary if you is want to somebody somebody at uh, Bloomington's local game store is like purging their collection, and yeah. they have. They have legendary aliens and legendary predator, which Wait. I think are both encounters. Did you just you say you? When did when did you see this? Uh, like Monday or whenever I went into the shop. Oh, down at the game preserve or at the, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? What? How did that's an odd thing? You just found that if someone's like, here, I got a bunch of games selling or something. Yeah, I think it's Trotsky said it's one of the one of the employees. It's like thinning out his collection a little bit and so there's a bunch of stuff there oh i'm gonna have to find that find that out i'll have to send trotsky a message and see what that's all about because yeah i'd like to buy it on on the cheap um adding on to that is that um what makes legendary so neat is that um you buy the the box and you get all the cards and it's the it's a great game in itself but then you want to buy an expansion it's only 15 but it's only 15 dollars for like oh right for the small the small box expansions yeah so so let's say if a Firefly expansion came out. It only cost me $15 to add all the Firefly cards, but this is like $60. Granted, it's a well, game. It, but. Yeah, it's. I'm sure it scales on the number of cards because Upper Deck is a, um, you know, they're a trading card company. So yeah, yeah. the I think somebody somebody read it. The, the Firefly Encounters was like 500 cards. So right. I'm sure it's it's worth it. I mean, that's, you know, that's not a, not a stupid reason. The only reason that I bought the the base Marvel Legendary at Gen Con last year is because they had it at Cool Stuff Inc. in their scratch and dent for like thirty five bucks. Oh, nice! It, that's a good it's price. Full, it's full retail is like sixty. Yeah, so, that's a good price. Um, I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna. I never played it, but I'm like, Mike raves about this game. I'm just gonna buy it. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I I own um the uh it's the Lord of the Rings um it's just called this. Called Lord of the Is that Rings. Cryptozoic? Yes, I think I think it's Cryptozoic. Uh, no, 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 not Cryptozoic. That's that's. There's so many Lord of the Rings card games. It's a the, an LCG living card game. You know oh, those, right? Right. Um, it's. I think it's called Lord of the Rings two player card game or something like that. But. Um, there is a ton of them, but anyway, this is the only living one, <laughs> and it's made by Fantasy Flight, and they had the the big huge like starter campaign box, and it was on sale for twenty bucks somewhere and then i saw it again for 20 bucks and it's a lot of cards and it's a it's a really cool game um and i and i do dig living living card games they're they're just um you know full on like magic the gathering but you get four of every set it's it's absolutely everything i I love about the games and Mm -hmm. they come out also they have expansions and they're only 10 bucks for four of every card from that and the whole story um and fantasy flight does that with star wars their star wars two-player games as well um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of those living card games. I just wish that I had people around me that played them. Can can you are are you able to summarize the difference between an LCG and like Magic or a deck builder? Yeah, sure. Um, let's make it as short as I can. Um, a, <laughs> Magic the Gathering is a booster based game where you buy a starter pack and you get some basic cards to get you going, um, and it has you know, the basic enough for you to have a deck to play with. That's your own with very little customization in it. 
Um, and then you buy booster packs for X amount of dollars, which are blind random cards that come in it. And you open, you pay, I think it's like $10 now for they're, a pack. Of they're cards. real life loot boxes. Yeah, they're, they're real life loot boxes. Exactly. And they're just randomly you get something or you don't. And there's guaranteed of a rare or whatever. Um, and then over time, you just build up this stuff and hopefully make better decks with what you have. Now, a living card game is that exact same thing, but you get every card. Like you buy one price and it's, you know, unlike magic where you'll say to pay $20 for the starter and then you pay $15 for random, you know, cards you pay for living card games. You could pay something like $50 and you get every single card in the whole game and you get four copies of every single card so that you can make, uh, cause that's the, that's like usually in these card games that four is the max of one Lim- card. Limit, you limit of four. Sure. Like, like per, um, per in, a, in a game. Yeah, that's I have I have more experience with those in uh in the video games, uh Hearthstone yeah. mostly and more recently I've been playing with uh a game called Eternal. Oh yeah, um, yeah I've seen that. Right. Th- uh, that's but, but, it's it's final it's finally on mobile. But so if you buy so it still has the thing that I one of the major things I associate with trading card games in the, in that you like everybody has to buy their own um yes um sort of like you could throw together some pre-mades and and yeah, whatever you can, but yeah you, you can definitely s- s- throw really some, throw so together, so there's no there's no deck builder component you need you need other people who have their own cards who, who bought their own cards they just you're taking the you're taking the rng or those we say in video game terms the random number generator you're taking the randomness out of it because you're just buying every every card and and the the biggest thing is not just taking the rng out of it you still have to keep up with the expansions but like everybody is on an equal footing as far as the cards available to them it's not pay to win yeah, that, that's that's the phrase I was just getting ready to use. Is that it's it actually takes out the pay to win mechanic. Like, oh, I've I know this is a big word, but uh, I, I've got four copies of Black Lotus, which is an uber ultra rare card that's amazingly powerful with all these other different mechanics that I play with this special thing, and it costs me hundreds and hundreds of dollars, if not thousands of dollars, to of randomly getting stuff or buying them online to get four copies. Well, of this right, card. and and unlike unlike a video game like Hearthstone or or Overwatch or whatever, like you can just buy booster packs for magic all day long, but anybody at any time can sell the cards they have. They're not, you know, DRM'd or anything. They're, you know, so yeah, I can buy 50 booster packs and maybe get lucky, or I can pay some kid at the local game store $200 for his, and now I have an advantage on my buddy who can't afford to right. drop $200 on a exactly. game. Exactly. So, so you, yeah. you have that, that the pay to win mechanics with this on this random stuff, but on living card games, that is completely null and void. Absolutely. You don't have to. And you're right. There are expansions that, that do help that, you know, that muddy that a little bit because, you know, but the, the ones that I've played, the, the living card games that I've played, I played, um, mainly the fantasy flight ones, but, uh, uh I said, Lord of the Rings and star Wars, um, are really affordable. I mean, they're really, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it was, I think it was $20 for a, the base box, which is a ton of cards. And I sleeved them all. Um, and then <laughs> I it's $10 for an expansion, which, which is actually really interesting because it only comes with like, 
three different kinds of cards for your decks to add into your your things or characters, which is just like a single card that you need. But most okay. of it is like it's um, because the how do I say this? The the Lord of the Rings game is a you versus the the, the computer for lack of a better term the, the opposing TV. deck. Yeah, there's a, there's another like a villain deck that you build, and and so and it's the story that you play through what's going on and where your characters are traveling through. And as you play through it, it reveals stuff. Um, and then when you buy these expansions, yes, it does give you some car, uh, some cards for your deck to add into it. But most of it is adding a whole nother monster deck. It's like another story to the, to the story. Um, so you're, you're playing against different monsters and different objectives and stuff like that. And then periodically they will come up with another big box expansion, which will have, they will have all sorts of new stuff. But that's you know only like once a year they're usually loading you loading out these mm-hmm. different small ones, um, but yeah I, I I love those because it's way more affordable. It's you know my Star Wars ones I have I'm sure I have over 150 dollars in in cards there, but I mm-hmm. didn't pay 150 dollars at one time and I've got a ton of them, right. and you know I paid. $40 and then I paid 10 and then I paid 10 and then I paid 10 and then I paid 30 <laughs> and then I paid 10 and then I paid 10 just slowly over time. It's, it's really nice. Um, and nobody, whoever I play, as long as they have my cards will have, you know, different ones. Um, right. Oh, and also actually to, to your point about decks, when you play the star Wars one, it's actually there. It's, it's a two player game. So it's, um, light side versus dark side and you can't mix those sure. cards. So, like if we, you and I came over and play it, yeah, you definitely have, you can use all the dark side cards and I play all the light side cards because you build your deck. Oh those. yeah. I see what you're saying, but still like you can do that, but really you need, you need other people who are equally invested in it. Right. Yeah, like sure. even if, even if we both play with your cards, like we're playing on decks that we're either playing on decks that you built or yes. we have to sit there for an hour and a half while I build my deck. It's the whole point of yes. the deck builder genre is to put to gamify that whole process and put it in the game. Right. And and that's and that's to the third thing that you would ask about. A deck builder is 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 about the stuff you do in those other games before. You know, p- part of Magic the mm-hmm. Gathering, which is just a, a CCG, a collectible card game or trading card game, and a living card game is that a big fun part that people have out of it is building their own decks, making their own strategies from all these different things, and then bringing that strategy to the to the to the game. Um, when you're playing a uh, deck builder game, it's not that at all. It's you're, you're, the process of building your strategy is during the game, and that actually adds in. Uh, usually that adds, adds in a pretty big random element to it so that your sure. your, your strategies are different every time. And it's it's actually you, something I don't like about um, deck builders is that yeah, most I've, of the time I've, they're random. I think I've said that on the show about um, – it's one of, the, one of the things that I don't like about Ascension um, is that the board changes so much that you're really – you're really sort of – all four playing a solo game together. Yes. Right. Yes, like sure. you're not you're not interacting and and the cards in the in the middle row uh change so much that you really just are playing your turn on your turn. Exactly. There's no there's a really limited amount of that's like, that's, preparation that's very that well said. Do. That's very well said. Ascension is playing your turn on your turn and that's it. You're playing the game on your turn. And and so yeah. and so in a game like 
um, like Dominion or Trains, the they try to sort of flip that by like the board, the the cards available to buy are static. Um, you know, so you always know kind of what you have. The things that are available to you to buy never change. Well, yeah. then, then that gets kind of boring. Then it gets closer to like chess. Yes. Um, yeah, and and you got to you have to have some RNG in the game to make it not chess. And one of the things that chess is. And like you know, legendary gets that a little bit better the the ascension model by having two center rows you know one of them are things to buy and the other are things to fight yeah um which but, is but better that, that, that still that still it suffers from the fact that oh I, I i pick the hulk i pick nick fury i pick the wasp or whatever you put them in there and then you, who knows what you could get you know it could be yeah, your turn now, and now you're either you're either wasting your turn or you're buying cards that don't synergize well and it's because of random randomness yeah because of what what comes up and then some games like uh a tanto quarry has a hybrid where most of the board is is separate piles like dominion but there's a there are two piles it's like a card and a revealed card kind of like ticket to ride except there are only two of them um that are always changing they're the uh, private maids i believe but anyway, yeah. So, but but those are the three different kinds for for the I think that are the main ones yeah, that are out there. Yeah, and you, and, and I, I I like my I favorite know is definitely the living. I know we've talked about that before, but I've never uh, bought or played an LCG, so I was like, maybe we should. Yeah, we should run yeah. through those so that I'm so that I'm clear on the differences and for and, the and, and I and I, of our I, I do I do like LCGs. The 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 difference between all of the three really for me why I play actually deck builders more than anything these days is is um, interest. It's that that like you said, people can't just come and sit down and and play without feeling that they're playing somebody else's deck. Um, where you can sit down at a um, a deck building game and everybody's on even levels. Um, with whatever deck's going to be built. Um, it's simple. Right. I, I do wish that I had had people here that if there's one thing, genre or some kind of things that I'd like people to get into miniatures or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever games that's, I'd love someone to get into living card games and play them every once in a while. I used to have a guy that would come to uh, ICG con every year and he, he played the, the, the Lord of the Rings one and he would make a point to bring his decks so that we could play together. But um, that was, yeah, kind of it's a, it's a lifestyle game. Yeah. Basically. Right. Well, and, and it's not, you're right. That's a really, another good phrase, Dennis, is that the, <laughs> I think Magic the Gathering trading card games and CCGs are a real lifestyle. I mean, you have to invest in time and effort and lots of stuff. And then living card games are half that. And then deck builders are the most minimal of commitment. That you yeah. I mean, you, you pull it out and you teach somebody. I, I'm, that's an expression that I heard on the, um, Frog Pants studio, uh, frog pants network podcast core their yep. heroes of the storm podcast and uh, uh one of the guys on there was talking about game companies and like the health of a game where like one of their commenters or, or email whatever was like why why are people freaking out about how well heroes of the storm is doing financially and whether like can't we just play it and enjoy it like why is there this this freak out this tinfoil hat thing they kept calling it and uh one of the guys is like he's like you know a game like this you're gonna play a competitive 
online game. He's like, I want to know if I'm going to dedicate a lot of time to it. And that's where he called lifestyle game. Like, he's like, I want to know that it's going to be around, that it's not, you know, the whatever Dawn, Dawn fall or something. There was a, there was a MOBA that EA did. Mm-hmm. They shut down. Um, there were a couple others. Like it's mostly down to League of Legends, Dota Two, and Heroes of the Storm as the big ones, and then the others kind of come and go as other companies try to grab a piece of that market, just like MMOs. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, you know, I don't want to dedicate a lot of what little time I have to a game that's not going to be around. Um, yeah. And so that's, I I think that's a good, that's a good term for, especially CCGs, but to a lesser extent, LCGs, like, and miniatures games, like, you have to, you have to have other people who are into it. It's the reason that I never got into magic. Oh, I Um, I made a, I made a big mistake at, I guess it's not a big mistake. (laughs) Another, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. So I, I bought, I did buy the Lord of the Rings trading card game, uh, they had at Gen Con, as they do a lot of times at Troll and Toad and some other places, mm-hmm. they will see a game that's going out out of popularity or they're going to discontinue something. And then they will, at Gen Con, sell off their stock. And right. they will often sell it at massive cuts, at huge cuts. And I'd, I'd love that. A game that's like four or five years old and I can get it for dirt cheap prices. <laughs> it's, it doesn't have to be new to me. Um, but I bought like sure. It's like the boatloads of those cards for really like, dirt cheap. It's like the World of Warcraft trading card game. I don't know if you talked about that on the show, but you have a just a stack of yes. those. Yes, and like I played exactly. WoW pretty hardcore, but I could not find another person who was willing to. I mean, just like Magic, except even worse because you know it. It's exactly. WoW, and it has that negative association to a lot of yeah. people. Um, yeah, it, that that's. I'm glad you remembered that. Yeah, that's the other one that you saw that you can see all that wealth. And I'd love, I'd love for just a sparkle in my eye if someone could just say, "Hey, I, I got some of those. You want to play sometime?" I'd be like, "Let's set up a date. Let's make this happen." You know, nice, because nice. They're, they're, it's really fun, and I really like those things. And and I wish that I that I could or had had the capability or time and, and effort. But you know, who knows? Sure. I, I do have them. I'm one that likes to keep those things in nice ordered things. Uh, oh man, I didn't even get to show you when you were here. Uh, on my desk here, I've got this um, card catalog uh, thing and that I had gotten like from a library or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I painted it all black. So it's probably what you notice it blended in. But it's full of those wow cards. It's like a card catalog <laughs> from the library. And I put, you know, wow cards in it. It's just tons I, and tons and tons. I actually bought a, a card catalog um, cabinet, whatever. It's like a five by four set of of index card drawers with the intention of like painting it and repurposing it as a kitchen thing with like Mm -hmm. teas and spices and stuff in the jars it's in my it's in my storage unit now but (laughs) right um, well this this, i've always wanted a card catalog type thing for card games and you know when you make your deck you want to have like here's all my mana here's all my lands or here's all my stuff you get the quest and put them in order and i thought that's in you know while i haven't played that game uh, I still maintain that this is all organized so well that if I want to pick it up and start playing, I could make decks easily, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it's all because card catalogs were just a, a great kind of purpose for that. But, um, I just I'll have to, uh, I'll have to, could, could you name one of those LCGs? That's your favorite. I like the star Wars one. 
I do like the Star, Star Wars one. It was fun. Star Wars one. Yeah, it's the Star Wars two player card game. I may uh, I, I may look into that because I was talking to somebody this past weekend about um, the like things we like and what we like about those things. If that makes yeah. sense, I'm being I'm being very abstract. But the specific example I'm going for here is that I really like buying board games. Yeah, and I and I really like researching and like getting sleeves and organizing all that like it's it, that's fun that's that's the part you don't it, get in a deck building game it, you know it satisfies some like mildly compulsive uh obsessive part of my nature and uh and so and so I i'm agree. wondering if i'm wondering if an lcg would be right up right up my my particular yeah you, you should look into that in look, that look into because you can just buy the the starter thing for especially if it's star wars i'm sure it's like three four years old now oh probably more than that but um and you can probably find it really cheap and affordable for the starters and it's a small investment you get it Mm -hmm. you know cards that you can do that with um and and enjoy uh and you know obviously if you come over we we could play it too um but the reason i i like to one it's star wars um two it's light versus dark it does have a really good feeling of of the theme when you're dark you definitely feel like you're playing the the the, you know the huge imperial navy that's powerful Mm. and the 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 sith that does you know underhanded type stuff and you're like jedi yeah well it's always very protection um, and stuff like that unlike the lord of the rings universe the the star wars universe is more sort of balanced i mean they're both they're both heavy on the good and evil light and dark at least up until the last jedi uh it's you know we we couldn't do a whole episode of the front porch without me taking a shot at the last jedi um, <laughs> yeah. i did buy and, that but i did buy that movie yeah but in in lord of the rings like when you see video games they're like oh here's lurts he's the the big badass urukai yeah, yeah. and you're like in a in a one-on-one fight aragorn you know wipes lurts on the floor like right, it's right. not there's never any question it's like the only reason that evil has a chance is because there are like three dudes against right. a, like a thousand orcs right they just keep throwing Swarming orcs at them it. yeah um which doesn't lend itself well to video games i, I um, will say i will say this i'm picking or card games you know since, since, since you also do like uh, a thought for you to do is, you know what? Dang, I was going to say, I, I kind of would rather you look in getting Star Wars because I like it. I like that's my favorite one. But honestly, for you, if you just want to try it and the whole thing, damn, I, I don't want to even recommend this, but it's the Lord of the Rings one is probably better. <laughs> and that's the, and here's why. is because You just like talked me back out of the entire argument I just made. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. But but, but here here's why. Um, because you can play it solo um, and it's, it's mm. got, you're playing it the whole, it's, it's mainly cooperative anyway. It's even if you're playing with another person, you're playing it cooperatively against the deck. Um, and, and it's hard. The thing is, it's, it's not an easy, it's not one that you can just, you can just win playing solo uh, or win when you're playing multiple players. It, it doesn't get easier. It's a very, very difficult and tight game. Like the economy is like, if you just spend one money, that's a huge thing to do. And there's only like four monies in the whole game that you could get if you're lucky. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a very, very tight game. It's heavy deck building. You, you know, you, and the thing about if you got it is that you could do that, like you said, that whole, 
strategizing of making the decks and tweaking it and putting it your way. And then you can actually sit down and, and have it work, you know, as opposed to if, if you got the Star Wars game, which is probably probably arguably a better game. Um, you just make the game and wouldn't have anybody to play it with. Right, you know? right. Um, but with, with the Lord of the Rings, when you can make your deck, play it multiple times, go through the scenarios, um, if if you can win them. I'm not sure I've actually caught up even with the, or beat all of the original uh, scenarios. And then if you come over one day, you could just bring your deck in a, just in a little small deck box and we, right. whoever you wanted to play, and then we could play scenarios, you know. So that's that's a that's a benefit to that game, um, right on. Yeah. So we've we've uh, gone gone pretty far afield here. How, <laughs> how did you like um, Legendary Encounters Firefly? Oh man, we gotta go back to that. I, I did I did I did like it. I liked it a lot. Um, um, I, and I would buy it. I know we didn't play the whole bucks. thing. We were falling asleep toward the end because right. it was pretty late. I enjoyed it. But. It had it fixed some things with legendary that I think is a systemic problems with legendary and the fact that randomly you could be overrun with monsters if you don't get the right cards or their hard ones come out. Um, yeah, segmenting the deck into the different episodes is an interesting thing. It's almost like it's like somebody. Well, I'm going to explain this, and if you played legendary, know anything about legendary, you're going to hear my explanation and go well yeah that's obviously what it is it's like if you took marvel legendary and tried to tell a story like you built a narrative you're like okay well we have these x-men and then deadpool shows up and he sort of wants to help but he's deadpool so you know nobody's really sure whether they want but like you tell a story in a series of games of legendary yep and then you made you you made or chose cards to uh, facilitate that story um, in a very specific way, and that's exactly what uh, the Firefly game and and I assume by extension all of the Legendary Encounters games are like. Yeah the 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 thing about that the encounter games have done because I, I actually did play the Aliens one. I lost. I died. My character died in the first like <laughs> two rounds or three rounds or something like that. So I was out of the game, and then my other buddies had to finish finish the game. Um, so I didn't have a great experience with it. Mm. But anyway, what they they have done is they really did. They they built an extra time at the beginning, um, which is important. They if you've played any of the legendary like Marvel legendary games or whatever they mm. are, mm-hmm. um, you have uh, you start off like the bad guys are coming out on the first of your turn. And they're moving down the way, and they're going to start kicking your butt really soon. And you, the more players you have, the less times opportunities you have to get cards to do anything with. And in these deck builder games, you're spending a minimum of three to four turns just getting basic. You're just you're just playing basic cards, mm-hmm. um, which is no fun and not powerful at all enough to fight these things. But the encounter games has mechanics in where nothing's going to really affect you um, until five or six rounds later. Yeah, you know. because the 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 quote unquote villain deck is stacked into these episodes. Yes, and, and and when when they come out, they're not actually out; they're just like prepping to come out. Oh, right, because of the scanning thing. Yeah, the scanning mechanic. It's it's that like if you took the legendary game and where you have to the first of your turn you have to flip over a villain. Well, this one is okay. Don't flip it over. Just put it down and on the board, and then after five rounds, um, you can it'll come out and it'll affect you. Yeah, it's a combination of two. Like, not only do you have, like, quote-unquote easier cards at the top of the villain deck, you have 
five player turns before you even have to deal with that card. Yeah, and, sure. and and you can you can see it and deal with it before it ever affects you if you're if it happens to be that you got good cards or or you're and it's and it's you know. balanced out a little bit by those some of those cards being more brutal than anything I saw in standard legendary. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it was fun. Aside from me at some point in the game picking up the uh, the stockpile of starter cards, so <laughs> my deck was like twice as many starter cards as it was supposed to have. Right. You know, isn't that like twice that I've played deck builder with you that that something has screwed up with? Didn't I like one time not give you any money or? So no attack on one of your starter cards or something, and you're like, "Why? It's not fair." I I don't remember that, but of course, if you if you play as many games as we and our friends do, you right. you get enough. Like, we're never playing a new game correctly the first time unless it's <laughs> super simple. Unless you're like, "Oh, this is just Uno, but poop themed." Like, okay, right. there's not there's nothing to there's nothing to screw up about this. Well, you you played um, you played Century recently, right? Yeah, that's a and good that's ex- example. That's a good opportunity to segue. I was at, at some point we have to move off of board games, but <laughs> Monday Monday night before I before I left town was uh, um, board game night at Cardinal Distillery, and yeah. uh, we played Century, which. I don't know if I can even describe what that game is. It's different from everything else that I've played. But I had played it once before, maybe at Gen Con. I forget exactly when. Um, but we were, like a lot of games, especially the more complicated ones, we were doing one of the rules wrong. Yeah. And I actually misunderstood the correction of the rules and did a different part of the rules wrong, <laughs> consequently. <laughs> um yeah, which is awesome. So well, it's it's amazing that we can actually play these games for several times and think that it's there. It's a good game that we're going to keep playing it again with getting rules totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's you know I've said this on the show before. Like, it's nice to have a game where you play it and you're you, oh Bob Ross. We talked about this. We're like, <laughs> Bob Ross. Yeah, we're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't. I'm I'm not really into this game. It's got a lot of problems. And then some people not not us or our friends generally but like the people on board game geek forums like they'll play a game and decide some aspect of it is broken and try to fix it <laughs> right they'll yeah. like they're like let's do this house rule where you put $200 in the middle of the board when you go and then when you land on the go to jail you get that get that money and you totally yeah. broken the game but um you know that's, that is how like you you say that with like the the two hundred dollars type thing that's that's how Monopoly had house rules back in the right, day. I mean, right, it was exactly. made for house rules exactly. And so so people people do that. And the the most I'll do is like if there's something I don't really like about a game, I'll go on the forums and see if somebody found a way to fix it. Um, in particular, the one I was looking at was um, legendary because it scales in difficulty based on the number of players. Mm-hmm. I'm like it's harder, not... right? Yeah, it gets harder because more cards come out in the villain row per player turn per yeah. per a specific player's turn. Yeah, right? like it's still really? one per player turn. But now you know if we're playing three players, I get I get three villains every time I get to buy cards. Yeah, but with five players, there are five villains for every time, and yeah. so you're you're behind the eight ball on that. Yeah, but. Anyway, the new rule in Century, and if you don't know how to play Century, go look it up because I can't explain it. Um, 
It's a fun game. It is. Is that when you play a card that lets you upgrade gems, not the not the generic upgrade card that you start with, mm-hmm. but when you buy one of those subsequent cards, it's like trade two yellows for two blues, right? Just as an yeah. example. Um, we had been playing it that that was a one-shot, like a fixed uh, ratio, a fixed transaction, single transaction. That, um, you Real quick, you would call Century a deck builder, wouldn't you? Kind of, because you are, you are buying cards and playing them. It has the rest mechanic kind of like, what else is like that? It's where like, it's, it, you're, instead like of a deck, you're, bid, bu- you're, building, you're building your hand. You're building your hand, and you don't get to draw cards back up until you skip a turn. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the difference in rules is if I have a card that says trade two yellows for two blues, and I have six yellows, I can play that card and get six blues. Yes. Does that... You with yes. me on that? Yes. So so that's the new rule. I played it with Pete and Trotsky and uh, and two other guys, and... I was in last place. Like I got a couple <laughs> of the golems only because just in my in my process of like upgrading gems and trying to get trades to to work out efficiently, I would I would suddenly find myself with all the right gems to buy one of those golem cards. Right. But I never I never had a cohesive strategy. Like I've played it once and all those other guys have played it at least several times more recently than I have. And so I didn't win, but it was still fun. Like I like, there are a lot of things I like about that game. Yeah. I, I, I dug, I dug it when, when I was playing with the wrong rule. Um, <laughs> it just made it, it just made it a little bit harder, but mm-hmm. it was still fun. It had the whole engine aspect. Um, it's also, that's a game that's obviously our, our buddy Trotsky found he, he as he does most games. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, it's a, it's a, it fits his alley because it's, he likes his favorite ones are, are games that are small that you can carry around with you, um, and bust out with other friends and has some amount of strategy and thought to it, but not too much and enough that you can explain it easily. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure he can probably say all that his characteristics of what he looks for better than I, but, but that, that game is, it's affordable, it's small, um, you you can fit it in a small little backpack or, or carry it around with you, and it's good. It's really fun, and if mm-hmm. I, it's one that I would recommend people to buy. Um, I don't think it's expensive, um, and if and you could play it with friends and family. Uh, we played it at Thanksgiving with like teenagers that were mm-hmm. twelve, thirteen years old, and Sydney plays it at eleven, but Sydney plays a lot of games at like eight or nine. Um, yeah, it's complicated, but not not super complicated. You don't have to read any cards for anything um, yeah. which is which is a problem with a lot of the games that i tend to like yeah deck builders you know that they're full of card text yeah um so i've been playing a few i'm going to switch over here from from board games because actually what i've been doing more this week instead of playing those is playing some mobile games i've been wanting to get into it's been a while since i've really got into a, a mobile game um mm-hmm. I yeah, was hardcore hard. into, uh, I mean, I don't know. It, go, it goes in cy- cycles, but I, I, I do sure. like finding a good game that I'll play. I played, uh, what's the one that Trotsky and them all play? Uh, Clash Royale. Clash Royale. Mm-hmm. That was several years ago. P- played that for hardcore. Trotsky's and still played, playing that. He's still playing that game, right? Uh, it's a good game, but it's, you know, he's still playing it. Anyway, uh, then I, I'll just I get play it until I get sick of it type thing. Um, 
And then I played Marvel Puzzle Quest for a good solid year. Um, and I don't know why. It just was it was kind of mindless. But then as I started playing it more, I realized that what, when I was actually doing good or playing against good people that you had to not be mindless, um, mm. which was which was good and bad. Um, but then it had just I don't like the, the the purchasing mechanic in that game. It's really, really bad um, um, and stupidly expensive. Uh, but, and, and I didn't, I didn't pay. I think I might've paid one time. I paid a $5 or maybe a $10 month type thing because I felt I was playing this game for six months every single day. I, I should pay the developer or something, um, which, which I, I, I did. Um, but that was fun. So anyway, I, I've been getting in, trying to find something new. Um, I started, I picked up a game called Mighty Party and I really like it a lot, but it has a few mechan- or technical things that, that has, has made me stop playing it. Mm. Um, it's I, a great game. I all tried around. that one. Oh, did you? I tried that one. It's similar to, um, hero Academy two, I think, which okay. I tried a little bit and somebody on one of the podcasts I listened to was like, you know, hero Academy was great. Super popular hero Academy two was like, if you took a game that was great and put in it, all the things that make mobile games terrible. No. Oh. Yeah. And so I so I gave up on it. I played I played Marble Puzzle Quest for a while too, and I actually just reinstalled it because I saw your like Facebook notification or something. Oh, did I put one up there? My my trouble with the Marvel Puzzle Quest is that it feels too complicated for a match three. Like it's just a match three. Like why and I and I get that they're like the different characters have different attacks, but yeah. part of part of what puts me off mobile games is, and, and I don't know if this is part of their thing. Like they're all funnels, so like take it as red. Uh, that un- unless you're buying a game, you know, it's like a a board or card game adaptation that's like seven dollars or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every mobile game is a funnel to get you to pay money. Of course, um, I mean that's. It's business. Right. And that's fine, but I feel like sometimes there's just so much stat soup or something like that where, like, I want to be able to pull up the game, play it for a couple minutes, close it, and not have to think about it and and not get, like, spammed with all these, like, oh, you opened this, and then you opened this, and you got to do the thing and you you can combine these cards together or you can um you know oh man yeah yeah disenchant them or or something yeah. and i'm like i'm like i don't this this is not what i want out of this experience i don't want to have to learn a new mmo level of yeah. like institutional knowledge and now and i will say quickly to to, to jump back on that with that with that game is that um I, I know you're talking about the card cover, the card cover mechanic of it. And I think it's horrible. And that whole, they had to have added that in at some point for some reason, but I played it before it, it had that in there and it didn't need it. And then they added it in and it just felt like, Oh, you're adding in a whole system that is terrible that I have to pay attention to. And I don't want to, and you're right, disenchanting cards and breaking down cards. And I don't even know what's happening here. Um, and so what I've basically done is uh, like just, did the bare minimum. And then if I lose because of those cards, well, you know, whatever, I'll just say that that person cheated. You know, that's what I, I usually do. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I get it. Uh, I will say something that 
I liked about that game as opposed to other match threes is that characters ha- did have synergy. Like um, mm-hmm. I played when, when I figured out that they had synergy, that's what hooked me. That's what got me. It's like, I was playing it just sure. because it was Marvel and it was, you know, mindless match three for, for a while themed game. Um, and uh, all of a sudden I got, I think it was um, Magneto or some, one of the level of Magneto's. Then I had Hawkeye mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I said, wait, what? Like this one card turns all cards purple or turns I can turn anything like gems on the board blue. I think it was purple, right? Mm-hmm. Um and then Hawkeye had a passive that when you match like four blues, all the, the or, or all the purples or something on the board turned into countdown two turn countdown tiles that basically destroyed any enemy. Um right. and I was like, whoa, whoa. So if all I have to do is just focus on blues get Magneto's thing and I immediately trigger this other thing and I can win. I was like, whoa, you know, I get these cards working how they work now. I get how this game works. Right. Um, yeah. But, and I enjoyed that for a good two, three months. And then I started realizing as I got it, got really good with this deck or this set of characters um, that actually the game is all about that. Once you get better and start playing better things, you mm. absolutely have to have those kind of synergies. And guess what? Only the real synergies come in the really expensive legendary expensive packs that cards. are super sure, rare. Sure. And it has the number one hate, hate, hate thing I hate about all these games. And we just said about TCGs. Uh, it's blind packs. Why? Mm-hmm. When is that ever a good mechanic? I thought we live in this <laughs> century now that people realize that blind <laughs> booster packs are idiotic. And loot boxes are dumb. I, well, it, you know, it it depends on how it's how it's implemented, and you. I think to be the, so, there are a couple things. Whatever I'm gonna think, like cosmetic items, right? Like make it cosmetic, and then it doesn't matter. But if you're gonna do it, you know, cards like Hearthstone or whatever, then you got to have a you got to have an alternative. Um, Blizzard has done this with. Overwatch with Heroes of the Storm with Hearthstone. Heroes' system is a little strange and they're still iterating on it. But um, if you buy enough packs, you can eventually just get enough dust or shards or whatever it's called to buy the actual card that you need. You're not dependent on... And really, that's sort of how magic works, except that... It's money. Like eventually, you could just you can just spend money, um, right? But 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 you end up. It has the same flaw that the more and more that they add to the game, the, the less and less your dust, quote unquote, is worth. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you'll get the same amount of. You open a pack, you got this five cards, and the five cards are copies that you had, and you get a hundred dust per each one. But the thing is, now that they've introduced you know seven hundred extra cards or cosmetic items or whatever. Now to get four or five of them before you only needed like you only there was only like ten available, so you had to save up a thousand dust to get one card, and now you all you had to do is five thousand. But now you have to save up fifty thousand to get the stuff, and you're still sure. getting the same amount. Sure. Know? Well, well, all of that stuff, um, you know, as much as I just hate the whole blind. You know, pe- pe- people try to math it out and are like, oh, if your odds of this are are this or whatever like that stuff matters but it doesn't really matter like yeah. what cuz you can get matters, in the first card what matters is card. how is how the player base feels 
Oh, right? totally. If yes. You're, if, I mean, that's the whole thing with, with um, EA and Battlefront 2 before they changed it. Um, if people feel like the system is ripping them off or forcing them to like go through a, a long, long series of frustration before they can get to enjoying the game, yeah, then your microtransaction system is not uh, successful. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. It's the, it's the, it's the feel. And I, and I will say to, to address the overwatch thing, overwatch is almost, it is exclusively, um, cosmetic items, but it's just, I don't know. I, I just don't like the, I just don't like the idea that you spend $5, $10, $20 in these stupid packs that are like a hundred dollars that people buy, um, to get random. Like I have no yeah. idea. I have no idea what this is going to get me. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what I'm talking about, like uh, perception and and emotion that go with it. You're like, oh, I'm going to spend that. Like I bought um, – I just recently bought enough uh, – what are they called? Gems, I think, in Heroes of the Storm so that I could get the one-year uh, stim pack, which is the okay. like you get more gold and more XP, so you level your heroes, which doesn't give you anything except – more gold yeah um and and more more loot boxes that you don't have to pay for so um there's that but i play the game a lot and normally the stim the stim packs like a month stim pack it's like ten dollars yeah and the one year is like 90 okay so it's a it's a decent enough discount and i know exactly what i'm getting like yeah i'll get more loot boxes and i won't know what's in those loot boxes but it doesn't matter. Like, well, that, that's I a little still... different, though. You're you're getting you're paying the ninety dollars in a year's time, so you're getting a year's right. worth of in, stuff. In, as in a year's to $90 worth, it's, and, it's, right. it's like um, it's like a subscription game. Yes, exactly. I mean, but it's also not like you're paying ninety dollars and then you're going to open up all those packs tonight and then tomorrow you're out ninety dollars and you're still playing the right. game. But right. I mean. I don't know. I guess it, you argued both ways, but it, I mean, I mean, yeah. it depends on what it is. Like I've bought, I've definitely bought packs of loot boxes for heroes. Like when there's a holiday and yeah. there are at least a couple of, of skins in that holiday that I like, um, rather than buying the bundle, which almost never has enough stuff that I want to be worth the sticker price. You know, I'll buy a, a pack of boxes, but none of that affects how I play. Like, I'm still just as bad at the game, even if I have a legendary skin for Vala, oh, right? Because yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. it, right. it's it's Blizzard; it's all cosmetic. Yeah, um, right, right. Yeah, in, in spending 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 money on the cosmetic stuff, I, I can't. That that for me is not worth worth it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I haven't spent any. I, didn't, I never spent money when Star Wars Battlefront Two had had the option to do that. I can't remember if they did at all. Or, or I I never planned on it put that way. I never spent anything in Overwatch. Um, sure, I'd love to have the May, you know, new uh, Chinese New Year, you know, mm-hmm, outfit. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I just I don't want to spend five dollars to maybe or maybe not. Now, something that w- could help that I don't know if any games have this was that that you have let's say a skins. So obviously, skins are the biggest things in Overwatch. Um, or what we would say in any other game, a rare, maybe a, a legendary something mm-hmm, is that, mm-hmm. that you have, they, they should give benefits or like a, a building percentage that every time you don't get something awesome to make you feel happy and good, that the next time you have an increased chance up until the point where 
you know, on your fifth turn, you're guaranteed a happy, oh, a happy you're, feeling. You're talking about uh, bad luck protection. Doesn't Overwatch yes. have that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I was talking to hopefully. to my brother Andrew, and he said he said they were putting it in. I don't know. I I can't get into Overwatch, so that's my that's my one Blizzard game that I don't. I mean, it's right. very successful. It's awesome. I'll defend right. it against any other shooter, but I don't play sure. shooters, so it's whatever. Right. But um, the thing for me with cosmetics is I spent enough time in WoW, like hunting, chasing, grinding that prestige of like, oh shit, you're riding. Anixia as a mount or whatever yeah. um that i don't i don't mind it and also i because that's the big thing for me with with loot boxes or microtransactions i'm like if you keep it out of the mechanics i mean i i spent 20 dollars on the currency or whatever for league of legends back before hots came out mm-hmm. and and i won't i won't touch that game anymore it's too yeah. it's too toxic but um right. I'm like, because I think that's the best way to do this, and I understand that games with servers need to either be constantly doing expansions or, you know, either constantly make expansions, charge a subscription, or make money on microtransactions. And because I think that cosmetics is the best way to do that, I don't feel bad about about supporting that. Right. Oh, hey, something I I read today that... I know it's a little, it's not quite off topic, but you made me think of it. I thought it was interesting. Was I read where um, the South Korean soccer team, or mm-hmm. sorry, uh, football team, was uh, sure. and, and was in a World Cup type you know tournament uh, a couple of years ago, and um, to ha- bring up morale and that they, their team had paid for um, some League of Legends people to come out and visit like their, their team, uh, these esports teams to come out mm-hmm. and visit, to visit them. And the, the soccer people, there's pictures and, and videos of the soccer team, sorry, football team players being so excited and but, so happy about getting to, to meet what they, they literally said are their heroes that uh, of these esports players, because in South Korea, it's, it's big. I mean, esports is so big that it's actually bigger than the actual sports mm, like mm-hmm. the 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 big world cup sports teams idols are esports players sure which is well, which is pretty cool that that doesn't surprise me about south korea also I mean, that's pretty this, cool though right i mean th- this is a this is a podcast recorded by a couple guys in the midwestern united states i don't think we have any listeners who are going to be offended if you call football soccer <laughs> Wait, right, right, right. Well, you know, f- football. I mean, I you're, should call it football because it is. I'm, a, I'm European a, soccer or whatever. I grew up in Indiana football. For European me football. I mean, right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That's how it is. Uh, All right. Anyway. Well, let's um, let's segue. Actually, before we segue into our weekly challenge, we should probably take a couple minutes for. Good news, everyone. I knew it. I knew it. I was ready. I was ready. I'm, I, I'm not I, actually ready with something, but I knew I you almost, were going to say I almost it. forgot. We're like 80 minutes into this, 70 I, minutes into this thing. And the, at like, the beginning, oh, like yeah, t- first 10 minutes, after 10 minutes, I was like, oh, he's going to do good news. He's going to do good news. I, I, I'm going to be ready for it this time. <laughs> and then and then now when you pause and transition, I was thinking, oh, we're going to go to the weekly challenge. And I thought, we, oh, no, he's going to do good news. <laughs> <laughs> so I got it. I'm in this time. I haven't thought about what I'm going to do for good news, but uh, let's do your good news first. 
Oh man, I I am I am as unprepared as as you are because I just <laughs> just remembered myself. Um, I don't know. I mean, just a general kind of you know. I went to went to combine last weekend and didn't. Um, I didn't get much that was directly relevant to me in my professional life as I have in in some years past. the The convention is um, broad enough in scope that that's often the case. Like I'm not starting a startup i'm not a venture capitalist um Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times the things that i get inspiration is a strong word but that i get inspiration from at this conference are often personal or you know something that you know my my personal life and 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 attitude do affect my professional life but nothing specific yeah um but you know that aside I had I had a good time. It was not the same weekend as Craft Beer Fest, which was a little disappointing, but <laughs> play, played board games I think every night that I was there. Right. Um and That's got nice. to got to catch up with everybody and uh it was a good time. Yeah, the the it's funny you talk about like conventions that like pertain to your profession and how different that can be. I I, I went um I've been to different conventions and stuff, but even for, for job type things that, you know, whether it be programming or design or art or photography, um, mm-hmm. that, that I'm doing with my job, the, um, but I went out to a convention to the Adobe max convention, which is like a creative thing. Um, and I, I gotta say when you hit a, a convention that speaks to what you really have a passion for or love to do professionally, it just it does inspire and change your stuff, and I'm sure like the combine does for venture capitalists and, and mm-hmm, entrepreneurs sure. and startups things like that. Is is this is the insp- inspirational thing because the combine has such great people at it. To speak I mean, that. and I mean it's not it's not necessarily what they're going for. That's part of why it's so broad. Like if it was just you know if I went to one of the conventions for PHP developers or whatever, like yeah. I might. I might get some inspiration. More likely, I would probably just feel bad about myself because of <laughs> the, you know, um, um, imposter syndrome. Yeah. Is that the, is that the word right. for that? Yeah. Um, but this conference is really more about like, here are all the things that are happening here in this little town in Indiana, in the Midwest. Like you, you know, you people on, on either coast think that you're all, you know, all the world, but there's stuff happening and it's cool. Yeah, I, uh, um, I, I, I enjoy, I enjoy it. It is different for me every, every time, depending on what they have or who they have up there speaking. Yeah, for um, sure. I, uh, uh, I mentioned Adobe Max. The, the reason I mentioned that was that when I, every time, every time I've been out there to that and come back, I've come back, not just inspired. I just feel like I want to do things. I want, I actually want to come back to work right away. I mean, mm. it's, it's every time I yeah. go back to, from the, at night to the hotel, I, I feel like, oh, I want to get back. And I start, I literally start writing things down on pieces of paper or sending myself emails to like, do this, try this. This <laughs> is an interesting thing. Um, and so if you, if you do get to hit a conference, you know, that, that's your thing, it's, it's really kind of cool that it can work or find that kind of a thing. Well, my good news uh, is, is, is similar. It's all along the same vein. I had a couple things. One is professionally um, at my job. We have a new building here. At, I work for uh, Indiana University here in Bloomington. And um, one of the, the things I do is um, 
our, our school is getting a new building. I got a huge, new, awesome, amazing building. And we're having a big festival for its launch this week. Um, and I had a lot going on for it in presenting in the building, um, mm-hmm. putting in all huge digital sp- displays, putting content on them, creating applications for wayfinding, um, and making it look nice and presenting video, you know, high quality professional stuff. And it's been something I've been working on for a long time for at least six months. And, uh, and it takes a lot of moving parts to get together. Um, but this week happened and it was, it came out really well. I mean, everything is, looks amazing. It's really awesome. I'm getting texts tonight, even as we speak about, um, <laughs> there's a big presentation at eight o'clock that happened tonight and there's a couple hundred people over there. Um, and they're, everything's up on, on the displays and they're coming in and using my stuff. And it's, it's a good feeling to have that, you know, come together and work well and get not just compliments, but it just works. You know, I mean, everything you've done is successful. And that makes me, that was really good. Um, another yeah. one would be, is that it's definitely, you know, like the combine coming, ha- having, coming in and seeing friends that you don't get to see very often. Like when you come in, it's always a good time. It's always good to play games and hang out mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in person. Um, that's definitely a good thing. Chance came in. I don't get to see him very often. I don't, I don't know him very well, yeah. but every time yeah. I do, it's a good time uh, hanging out. Uh, and, um, you know, Carrie comes in and things like that. It's, it's good to see in Kenny. It's good to see people that are you talk to in an online world uh, more often than than not, um, and seeing them in real person. So that was good. I wish I could have spent more time. Unfortunately, again, logistics and um, parenting. Sure, things sure. Anyway. But now, that was good. I'm, it was a good time. I'm I'm sure that she doesn't listen to the show, but I have to point out that you named the wrong twin. Oh, I said Carrie. Uh-huh. Does. I meant Katie. Sorry. others of all others of our friends do listen and we'll we'll probably mention it on one of the group chats she'd be like yes it's it's katie 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 yeah katie and kenny those two are awesome yeah Um, yeah for sure so yeah so all right let's go to our let's go to our actual challenge our, our our latest installment in our in our segment of disappointing or or discomforting netflix originals wait you didn't love this one this wasn't exciting it's not another stranger things i mean it's another what happened to monday is what it is right so so what is it what's what is it what's about give give our okay um it's not quite a post post apocalyptic it's called it's called what's the the title it's called the titan and it is maybe pre-apocalyptic um, it's set in like 2048. Uh, the premise is that a dude has gotten access to a military base out on an island in the ocean somewhere and has brought a bunch of uh, candidates and their families to live in these nice um, modern kind of Frank Lloyd Wright style houses, whatever. I don't know much about architecture. Uh, so that they can experiment on them to uh try and force evolve their bodies to be able to survive on titan the moon of saturn yes uh, and, why, because, and why is that uh because earth is overpopulated and the next phase of of human um, um exploration whatever is to settle people on titan but titan is too cold there's too much water the gravity is too high and uh the atmosphere has too much 
nitrogen and not enough oxygen, which already like, you know, there are more similarities between Titan and Earth than any other celestial body in our solar system. So that's the whole argument there. But the premise of this movie is instead of trying to terraform Titan, they're going to try and evolve humans to uh, live there. Yeah. And, and if it fairly quickly turns sinister, I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Much... That, that's, that's incorrect. I got to stop you there. It, it doesn't very quickly anything. Well, sure. Uh, so um, fair warning, as always, when we talk about shows and movies, spoilers ahead for the Netflix original series, The Titan. Uh, it's It was about, was it 90 minutes? Was it closer to two hours? Yeah, it, it... It felt like six, if, if, seven if, hours. It felt like two or three hours, right? Um, so, in a lot of like so many dialogueless uh, um, set piece scenes, just like maybe meaningful looks and long, drawn out visual sequences, um, we eventually discover that um, the guy running the program is a little bit shady. Uh, he doesn't have the full support of the military, but he does have maybe NATO and NASA either behind him or deceived to be behind him. Yeah. Um, the the forced evolution that he's doing is making most of the candidates very violent. Um, I think it ends up being some kind of like gene splicing between human genes and animals i don't remember what kind of animals i think it's different for some of the candidates than others um ultimately all of the other candidates die or get you know get put down get euthanized shot by the military except for the main character and a female candidate who is um miss sandy from game of thrones yeah and then you know by that point the the lead scientist comes clean to the main character's wife who is piper from orange is the new black the actress oh really and and they have to you know go that's through where, one that's last where I noticed her. Okay, all right. yeah they have to go through one last surgery to keep him from turning violent which turns him into some kind of like he reminded me of the Klingons in Star Trek Discovery, except yeah. maybe not not as extreme. The same like nose and and head. He reminded uh, me of the guy from Prometheus. Vis- visual effects. Yeah. Um. And and once that happens, they're no longer able to verbally communicate. Um. And which so, I just I was like, why can't they just write things down? I don't, you know. Yeah, like for for no reason now it becomes this like emotional. It's a little bit what I imagine Shape of Water was like, which is not a film that I've seen. Yeah. Um maybe maybe we can get Fox on to compare the two. But maybe. um he would have to sit through this movie before that. <laughs> we have to torture our buddy, yeah. I don't know that I want to subject him to that. Yeah. So, uh ultimately um they want to still get him to Titan. And they don't explain that. They maybe have some kind of shuttle that's more like a plane by that point, which is, it's only like 30 years in the future, so who knows. Um, And then he'll be fine, but he doesn't want to go because his wife and daughter 
his wife and son are still on earth as normal humans and then they like they go through a fight a chase where maybe he's gonna escape but then he backs down and he goes anyway and they take him there and now he's on saturn and i mean he's on titan and he i guess can fly yeah and but but he's there alone like he's not gonna propagate the race or whatever his race now is by himself and there's no food or vegetation or and like it just just like several of the netflix originals that we've seen it felt like somebody's pilot idea oh yeah that just that just was not fully thought out yeah the i've i've become the idea that i I mentioned this to you before that i really think that these that this net these netflix originals now that i've had the opportunity to watch several of them uh beyond Mm -hmm. the ones that are like hyped up by people like stranger things that everyone says oh watch this one um Mm -hmm. now that we're watching all so many of these other ones i've realized that uh, netflix is isn't a a a seasoned studio they're just not i mean they've been doing these originals not even for like five six years maybe if that and you know they i don't know what they have but they, they have people i can see just people pitching them ideas and say or putting together a trailer and then saying, "Oh, that's that sounds interesting. Make 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 the show," and then having make it, make it. right. Just and just make it. I mean, you know, th- they clearly they clearly have more experience and a better success rate with series with television shows. If television show is almost not the right word for a Netflix original series, but right. um, then movies you know, or ep- m- yeah. m- more episodic or or segmented uh, content. Most of their films, I mean. All of the films we've had have been underwhelming at best. Um, yeah. The ones that we the ones that we've seen on this on this podcast. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, by, I, I, by, I knew from by watching... contrast with um, like HBO, who spends just a ton of money making a lot of shows that are you know very nearly best in class. I mean, yeah, I agree. You, you you can find people who haven't seen Game of Thrones, but literally everyone has heard of it. Well, I mean, um, yeah, but you can't point out just that one. I mean, like HBO has several several others. There's Ballers. There's uh, Veep. There's um, you know Vice Principals. Sometimes people like Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. But they yeah. but they don't make very many. Is what I'm saying. Like no, they're they very don't, but they're they very much ones. like let's make the very. I mean, even if you go back in time, you got Band of Brothers and and stuff like that. Where Netflix very much feels like. They they must be making so much money on their streaming service that they are just funding everything. Like anybody comes to them is like, yeah, I want to make a movie about three guys in a hotel. It's kind of a diehard parody, but with a lot of male frontal nudity. And they're yeah. like, sure, yep, make it, do it. Here's do it. here's a ton of money, you know. Right. Um, uh, you know, years ago, it had been maybe even ten years ago. There was a there was a show. It was a reality reality show that only lasted one season, of course. Uh, but mm-hmm. it was like how to be a director, and it was a competition where you know Hollywood or some actors or directors would judge these people, these uh, budding film students, and they'd have to make like little short movies each week, and they'd have you know trials and challenges. It was just a reality show for it, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a, an elimination every week. Um, but uh, three of the judges were pretty cool. Um, one of them was Carrie Fisher. Um, another okay. one was um, what's the guy? Uh, he made Spaceballs and Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks, yeah. And um, uh, the other one was um, 
she played oh, she's done so many things besides this but she was laverne from laverne and shirley um mm. oh man she's really super famous um uh, director and a producer uh, i want to say penny something or other but anyway um they were they were the judges and they were really good and the the point of this is that they would have people one of the things they had to do was they had to make these they had to make these short films every week and tell you know with a challenge type thing and one guy was really good but he would basically make trailers every time and they were just hype type stuff and they would tell him almost week after week and it was Carrie Fisher that finally came out and said you make one heck of a good trailer but you can't tell a story you know you, mm. you you're not you're just telling us bits and pieces here but i have no idea what's actually going on right. it's just it's just a little bit of stuff and it seems like that's that's the kind of person that netflix is getting they're getting someone who can make good trailers and good ideas but they don't have the full thing it's kind of right. like netflix is missing that second step you can't just go to somebody and say here's an idea most studios would come back and say okay now come back with a 200 page script and then we'll go over and we'll review that and then we'll green light you you know what i mean right. but netflix right. and I, this may not be the way but it feels like netflix is just saying Oh, the trailer's good. Okay, now here's all the money. Go make the whole show, and because that's what <laughs> the, I, we've gotten from everything, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. not enough. It's not enough to make an hour and a half story. And you just told the synopsis for Titan, but everything you told, you said, which was the whole movie, was <laughs> in the trailer. I mean, no one. That's, I, right. I don't even think that was spoilers. The only spoiler thing that you said was that at the end he ended up on Titan. But if you watch the trailer, you could pretty much figure out that's what's going to happen. Um, and yeah. yeah, and it was just so long, so very slow. It was a one note idea. And something that bugged me a lot about it was that at the very beginning, the, what you find out to be kind of the evil scientist, um, was not really because he told them up front from day one, the first 10 minutes of the show, it's going to be bad. He could, he could, he could very well die and he's not going to yeah, be himself yeah, for like, a long time. There's, there's this sinister, like, Oh, they might die. But he says that from the beginning, uh, yeah. the name you were looking you, for earlier is Penny Marshall, Penny Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. Penny Marshall. I, I um, don't look it up. I don't, right. I don't know who that is. I, but, I but so I yeah, it, it's, Shirley. it's, um, it's definitely, it well, drives me nuts that, that they didn't know that, 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 yeah, you did. You signed it. You signed an agreement. Yeah, and, and I said that, I said that when we watched uh, What Happened to Monday, and to a degree it was true also with Mute, but this show and What Happened to Monday, uh, uh, The Titan, are both this, like, near-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic thing where you've got a big, like, villainous conspiracy that doesn't, doesn't make a lot of logical sense. And the only reason that matters is because there's not enough else going on in the movie to distract you from thinking it through. Yeah. Does that right. does that make there's sense? Nothing, like, no, there's nothing else here. I, it's, it's one I note. go back to um, when I was in uh, my first couple of years of college, I got the box set, the first box set of, of James Bond films. Yeah. And I watched some of those with commentaries, you know, DVDs with commentaries. Mm-hmm. And um, in Goldfinger which is one of the one of the best classic bond films um the and i really hope i'm not confusing that with a different movie but the villain's plan mastermind plan is to rob fort knox and 
he there's a scene where he has a big like model like a a giant you know almost room filling model of the grounds around Fort Knox and um, James Bond is underneath the model he's like in the floor and kind of peeking in through a through a window and the villain Goldfinger explains his whole plan to this group of like investors or cronies or something yeah and he has this big model that like comes out of the floor in the early 60s when they had to have like guys lifting that stuff up you don't see it it's supposed to be motorized or something you know in a way that's that's unexplainable in film but like the the special effects to do that were a lot of work yeah and then he pushes a button and a bunch of gas comes out like he uses the gas later to gas the 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 soldiers guarding um fort knox but that scene if you sit and think about it you're like so this guy had a scale model of this compound made and put on motors and went to the trouble of gathering all these guys together and explaining his whole plan to them right before he murdered them all yeah like why would he go to all that work when he could have just like hired somebody to knock those guys off <laughs> right um but the 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 point is it's a combination of like the the alfred hitchcock thing where you're like well that's boring right it doesn't right, that doesn't make yeah. a good movie right. um and you need to you need to communicate the the evil villain's plan to both bond and the audience but also to a contemporary viewer watching that movie seeing all that stuff happen with the model come out of the floor and the tension of james bond being under there like maybe almost getting caught and then you know he's gonna go he's got to get out of there before the gas seeps in and all this stuff like there's there's enough story and action happening that at best it's gonna be when you're in the car on your drive home from the theater running back through the movie in your mind going Hmm. Why, why did he do that? Why, why, did, yeah. why, did, why did Goldfinger go to all that trouble to explain? And by then, it doesn't matter, right? right. Like you've still enjoyed the movie. Like but, maybe, but in these Netflix, movies, maybe some of it doesn't do hold of up. Doesn't hold up on, on on retrospect. But both of these Netflix movies that we've seen, like it's so slow, it's so like atmospheric or whatever that I you know I hear the plan and I go, really. Oh, yeah. You have you have the you have the the power and the resources or whatever to do this and this is what you're gonna do? Yeah. Like you you don't, you know, do something that might actually fix the problem. Yeah, it, or it, 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 the, the whole premise of the whole thing was, you know, that we're gonna change and go live up in on Titan. I don't understand any of how that was and there was it was all nonsense yeah from so much so much risk and so much effort to like get one dude up there by himself i mean that's not well i think i think their plan success was, i think the plan was actually that to that like if you could maybe get, if keep you could doing success, that yes if you could successfully get one person to go and or or hopefully they i'm sure they wished all of them would be a success they go up there and could live on titan then okay now let's roll this out for humankind and we all sure, except that, that except the there's plan. no there there's no in you know uh implication given that that he can actually survive up there in any way and also he's been so changed from being a human that it, it just 
And and all of that bothered me while I was watching it. Like there was yeah. not enough cool going on to distract from that. And there's, well, there's a combination of like a modern viewer is more pedantic about stuff like that in the way that we view film. But yeah, but but um, here's an example of why it was slow. And I just checked this. Um, there's not even a hint of a villain or anything happening 55 minutes into the movie at 55 mm. minutes in the movie. He's just like, he just lost his eyesight. Um, but nothing, nothing is, there's no bad Up guy. Until then it's just, it's just very, very slow burn tension between him and his wife. Yeah. Very slow. And, and he's not even a lot of tension because he's still kind of just a good guy. There's some yeah. things with the other people, but, but my example here or my, comparison here is apollo 13 apollo 13 has they the big thing where you know there's a problem in space and they go up to space and the the drama is about the thing that's interesting about the show is what happens when they're up there in space and the bulk Mm. of the movie is based on that but they do show the human elements of the psychology of you know they're leaving their families and the the wives and the husbands and the children are all are all nervous and upset that they're going. And they do that for like 10 minutes at the beginning of Apollo 13. They have Mm -hmm. a barbecue and they talk about it, but they got all of the Titans 60 minutes, first 60 minutes in five (laughs) to 10 minutes of, you know, and then they spent Apollo 13. They spent the rest of the movie on what's interesting. This one, they spent 55 minutes doing nothing. And then they spent, and it's only got like 30 minutes left and by that time, I was I was literally pausing the, the show to see like, oh, my God, there's still 30 minutes left. <laughs> um, and then and nothing has happened. Then they start to see like, OK, things are going going to go wrong. OK, still, there's no villain here. Things are going wrong. We knew it. He said at the beginning, things are going to go wrong. The trailer tells us that something's going to go wrong. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then it kind of goes wrong like one guy goes off the rocker, but he was kind of already off the rocker. It's anyway. still it still takes a while before that that um that tension resolves and it's yeah. i mean apollo 13 is not a is not a super fair comparison because everybody knows that some even if you don't know all the details you're like oh this is a movie about houston we have a problem well so it, there's no I, I like can, surprise there but but i agree with the and then the tension as far as the the guy in the titan being a villain was resolved in like 10 minutes yeah, really, exactly. because it's like, oh, the the general and whoever is like, hey, I want you guys off my base. And he's like, sorry, NASA's behind me. And that that's it. Yeah. And that didn't happen until like way, way late. Like he didn't yeah. sh- start showing his jerk wad attitude until way late. All the I mean, seriously, the entire time he's pretty comforting. And he's he's he steps back. He talks about, you know, take your son out. And we're trying to help people. He's very sincere and helpful. You never see mm-hmm. him as a villain. And all of a sudden he switches because things are going tough. And, you know, there's some yeah. casualties. So all of a sudden on a dime, he switches into this murdering, sadistic, mad scientist, which is that was that. <laughs> didn't make any sense it literally was like oh well we got it we we got to finish this movie and we've got to have something happen uh so there here right. it is and right. and i don't know and then that last 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it might might have been it was not interesting they shot the girl in a, yeah. a she became they became this thing and they sent them home for, for god's for, sakes for, they sent uh, them home i what <laughs> what in the world you know, so they they go back to their house and then and then she she murders her husband off screen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just your your crazy it, wild alien person you just created. It's Let's all just throwaway. Like lab. now, after we after we spent over an hour like getting to the 
the actual tension of the film, we're we're going to just kind of throw all of it away. Yeah, and then we're just, we're just going to resolve her, all her the things, husband. and then and then yeah. here he is on on Titan, and, and, and it's over. Yeah. So anyway, so all all great. of that to say, not not recommended. Netflix not recommended. original film, The Titan, not recommended. Thumbs down. So so what are we going to do from now on? What are we going to do in for so next week? I think I think um, after this string of of various disappointments, we should try uh, changing up the format a little bit. Um, okay. I've been looking around at at what shows because we know because we talked about Stranger Things at length. Yeah, we know that Netflix does make some good stuff. Yeah, right. Uh, so I thought instead of you know trying to pick one of the movies, which the movies have been pretty bad, um, or to get just a piece of a show, or you know like we started with Black Mirror and that was completely episodic, so it was fine, but. I thought, I, you know, I was looking at some of the articles where people are like, the best Netflix shows, you know, Stranger Things is always on there. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's not, because they're like, we assume you've seen Stranger Things because it's the best thing ever. So we're not going to say that, um, yeah. So we're not even going to mention that one. But, um, or they have End of the Effing World on there, which we saw. Yeah. Um, but I've been seeing uh, the the Western series Godless on a lot of those lists. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, it, it came so, up on a recommendation for me once. Like yeah, yeah, same. I mean, I really liked Deadwood back in the day. I liked Westworld more recently. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I thought we'd give that one a try. And unless we... So we'll say, because we're, we're recording now on a Wednesday, we have a shorter uh, time window here. Let's just start with the first two episodes. And, um, and unless we really, really dislike it... Um, we'll just keep that pattern of like two, I think there are like seven or eight episodes. We'll keep that pattern of two episodes a week and we'll just talk about it each week. And then when we're done with that. We'll, we'll pick something else. That's a good so idea. Ho- hopefully it's good enough to, to, to carry with that. If not, we'll pick something else just like we've been doing with all the rest right. of these Netflix shows. So we got shows. two this week. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Two, two of Godless. I can, I can, I can check that, chunk that in. That's pretty good. All right. Well, we, All right. we we went longer than I thought we'd go. We did. We yeah, did, though. yeah. Lots, we, lots of good stuff. We, we love talking about we, the, the the card games and stuff. That was that talked was a lot about games, card games. Where would people go to find show notes for this podcast episode thirty three of the Front Porch? You can go to frontporchpodcast.com. That's where our information is for us. Contact information. You can see all the old episodes on there, get the most current one and subscribe. You can also get our podcast. If you're, however you're listening to it now, um, whether it be on the web, you can also get it on iTunes or, um, any of your favorite, uh, podcasting apps. You can just search, uh, front porch podcast or the front porch. Uh, there's a lot out there, but you can see us with the gamers and, uh, Dennis and I's, uh, cartoonish mugs, uh, sitting down there. <laughs> so you can check us out yeah, there. We're, we, we picked a super generic name, but if you listen to the show and subscribe to it, go ahead and, uh, and, and if you, for some reason, enjoy it, go ahead and give us a, a positive review on, on iTunes or Stitcher that helps our stats analytics and all of that yeah, yeah. nonsense. And love but, to hear uh, from you. Send some, send some contact. In. Yeah, give us some, some suggestions, some feedbacks. Tell us all the things we're wrong about. Or better yet, give us a, a, a non-Stranger Things recommendation for the weekly challenge. Yeah, that, that would be that would be greatly appreciated because <laughs> we're good. we're wading in the in the in the swamp of Netflix originals. Right. All right, everybody. Well, until next time, this is Dennis, and this is Michael for the front porch. Night, everybody. Night, guys. 